Welcome to the Canon Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Tim Emmett, the lead pastor at Canon, and I hope that this message will help you take your next step with Jesus as he leads us from death to life, from sorrow to joy, from the world as it is to the world as it will be. Thanks for joining us. It was a perfect morning for a run, which means that it was cool. It was a cool and clear morning, not a cloud in the sky. I couldn't see at first if there were any clouds in the sky uh, because it was still dark very early on a Saturday morning when I gathered with some others to go on a Saturday morning run. We were new to this community. I was new to this running group. Um, I was excited. It was an eight-mile run. And, uh, and, and it was, um, something that I really kind of wanted to do, was eager to do. And we were starting early. Uh, my, my wife Susanna had asked if I had written down the directions about the run, because they had sent them out ahead of time. This is the route that we're going to follow, uh, through McDonough, Georgia on this eight mile run. And I said, no, I don't really need to write them down. They're pretty simple and I'll be with the group. We gathered in the parking lot of a convenience store. Um, the sort of group leaders gave us a verbal, you know, kind of coaching again about where we were going to go. And then we got started. It was still dark. It was cool. It was perfect. That first mile, you know, everyone's sort of sorting themselves out, getting into a rhythm. And so over the course of that first mile, we who began as a group kind of began to spread out some, some People running together, uh, there were a couple guys who were really fast. They disappeared off into the distance very, very quickly. Did not see them for the rest of the morning. After a while, I kind of got into a rhythm, and I ended up running on my own, which was fine because I was enjoying the scenery. It was a beautiful morning. We were running by fields and neighborhoods, and we were actually running toward the sun, and so I was on this wonderful run as the sun began to rise. It was a beautiful morning, and I felt great. I don't really know when it was I got lost. I don't know if I took a wrong turn or missed the right turn. I was pretty sure that I would remember the directions that they had given to us, which I had not written down, put in my pocket, or on my hand. But as I ran... I began to realize that I wasn't recognizing any of the names on the streets I was passing, and I wasn't really sure where I was, but that was okay. It was a beautiful morning, and I felt great, so I just kept running, trusting that eventually I would figure out where I was and how to get back on course and finish this run. So I kept running, and running, and running. Nothing was looking familiar Nothing kind of rang a bell, but that was okay because it was a beautiful morning and I felt great and the sun was coming up and it was a perfect morning for a run and so I didn't mind running a little farther than eight miles if I had to to get back on track and finish this run. Finally, I saw a a neighborhood and I was really pretty sure that this was the street that I needed to be on. And so I entered that neighborhood. The sun was now up. It was still pretty cool, and it was a beautiful morning, and I felt great, but I was relieved to finally find the street where I was pretty sure I needed to go to kind of get back on track and finish this run. And then the street dead-ended. <laughs> and then I realized that I really was lost and had no idea where I was. And this was long ago, this was so long ago that I had no cell phone. And so I had to do what I dreaded doing, 
which was turn around, go back to the fire station I had passed, and make a phone call to my wife. (laughs) Honey, I'm lost. Where are you? I don't know. (laughs) When did Zacchaeus first get lost? Was it when he became a chief tax collector? Is that what it took? Is that, was that the crucial moment, the crucial decision when he got lost? The tax system in the ancient Roman Empire worked through by way of tax farming. That's how they referred to it. It was not an official government position. It was more like contract labor. So imagine for a moment that someone gets the job of collecting all the taxes from the county of Gwinnett. They get that job by outbidding other potential chief tax collectors. They say, they say, they promise I will collect this much from Gwinnett County this year. And then they have other tax collectors working for them in each of the neighborhoods in Gwinnett County. The only thing Rome really cares about is that you meet your commitment, you meet your obligation, you give them as much as you said you would give. However much above and beyond that you collect, is up to you. They do not care just so long as it doesn't result in a rebellion. You can see, I don't have to point out that this is a system made for corruption that will generate resentment. Was it when Zacchaeus became a chief tax collector that he became lost? Or maybe it was when he made the decision to just become a tax collector, to work one of the neighborhoods in his area. I'm pretty sure it was sometime before that. This isn't really a job that you want if you love God and love your neighbors. This is a job that you want if you love money. Most of our translations say that Zacchaeus was short. There's a wonderful translation of the Gospels by Sarah Rudin, and in her translation, the phrase that she uses is that he was still small. That's not just a description of his body. In many ways, that was a description of his heart. His heart hadn't grown. His heart was just big enough for greed, but not big enough for love. His heart wasn't big enough to love his neighbors. It was just small enough to love money. It was still small. Somewhere along the line, at some point in his life, he didn't really grow up. He didn't grow up into love, didn't grow up into God. And we know that he knew it. He knew that something was lacking, something was missing. He wasn't just physically short. There is, in some sense, he knew that in his heart he was still small because he climbed the tree. 
More than that, Luke tells us not just that he was trying to see Jesus, but that he was seeking to see Jesus. Very same word that Jesus will use at the end of our passage. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Same word, same verb. Zacchaeus is seeking the one who is seeking him and seeking you and seeking me. That's why he climbed the tree, which was not so much cute as shameful and embarrassing. Adults didn't run and they didn't climb trees. Think about it for a moment ancient world, not our world. What adult would climb up a tree like a child? What chief tax collector, what government official, what big business owner would climb a tree like a child? This wasn't done. It was embarrassing and shameful. People probably felt embarrassed for him when they saw him up in the tree. When was it that Zacchaeus first got lost? When was it that he kind of got off track? He was a Jew, not a Gentile. He was raised to love the Lord his God with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He was trained and raised to love his neighbors as himself. But somewhere along the line, something happened, and he got off track, and his heart stayed small. But then one day he heard that Jesus was coming to Jericho. That Jesus was passing through his city, Jericho, near Jerusalem. And perhaps he heard, I can't help but believe, that he heard that Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. That had become something said of him. Some people said it, like, with astonishment. Others said it sneering. He must have heard that there was something about this Jesus, not just that he healed the sick and cast out demons and fed thousands, but that he loved people who seemed beyond love that he cared about people that no one else cared about. And so Zacchaeus, rich Zacchaeus, climbed that tree. I can't help but think of Jesus walking by, looking up and seeing him in the tree and laughing because it's ridiculous and wonderful. His heart was still small, and he needed to see Jesus. He needed to see Jesus. This is not mere curiosity. This is desperation. A friend of mine worked in a law firm in Richmond, Virginia, as a clerk for a year or two, and a good friend of his was an attorney in the firm. Patrick... um, was uh, known pretty well uh, by the homeless population in that part of Richmond. Because uh, when he would leave the firm every day to go get something for lunch, he would often say something to those who were kind of on the street outside the firm. Got to know him by name. He'd interact with him a little bit. He'd give him something out of his pocket. 
this became known. And so before too long, the homeless men and women in that part of Richmond kind of made a point of lining up on the sidewalk outside the law firm when they knew Patrick would be passing by on his way to lunch. And so Patrick got in the habit of getting fives, a stack of fives every time he went to the bank. So he'd have something for his friends when he stopped on his way to lunch and talked with those who were homeless. Zacchaeus was no Patrick. He was the guy in the boardroom upstairs who made fun of Patrick, who mocked him, who called him a chump and a fool. But one day, much to his own surprise, he was the guy in need on the sidewalk, unexpectedly greeted and unexpectedly blessed by Jesus of Nazareth, the friend of tax collectors and sinners who looked at him, saw him. How long had it been since anyone had looked at him with anything but contempt and outrage? looked at him, saw him, and said, Zacchaeus, come down. Not just, I'd like to go to your house today, but I must go to your house today. Even though Luke has already told us that Jesus is passing through Jericho, he's on his way to Jerusalem, his itinerary is set, he's passing through, but he sees Zacchaeus... And this becomes a divine appointment. This becomes a divine necessity. Zacchaeus, come down. I have to go to your house. I have to spend time with you. I have to break bread with you. People are outraged because Zacchaeus, despite the song we all know and love, is not a sympathetic figure. He's terrible. He's corrupt, self-serving, traitorous. And yet sought. And yet called. And yet loved. And so Zacchaeus comes down, but he does more than come down out of the tree. He changes direction. Lord, I will give back anything I've taken that does not belong to me. I'll give half of everything I own away to those in need. I'll give half of everything I own away to those who are poor and anyone I've defrauded. Our English translations kind of make it sound like if perhaps somewhere along the line I took a little more than I deserved, like if there's anyone I've defrauded, then I'll pay them back four times over. Really kind of means... All those I've defrauded, because it comes with the job. I will pay back four times over, which is over and above, way beyond what was prescribed in the law, the Torah of God. There it says, if you've defrauded anyone, if you've cheated anyone, if you've taken anything that does not belong to you, pay it back plus 20%. Just to be clear, Zacchaeus is not trying to earn or deserve the love already given. He's not trying to earn or deserve the salvation that has already come to his house. He's responding to that salvation, responding to that love. 
The only thing he brings to the table is his desire, his desperation to see and meet Jesus. Actually, he just wants to lay eyes on him. He's stunned that Jesus knows his name and calls him down. That is all sheer gift, unearned, undeserved. And now, as one who's been struck by grace and welcomed by love, he responds with, Love and repentance from the heart, I'll give half of everything away and restore fourfold over everything I've taken that does not belong to me. And Jesus says not only that salvation has come to this house, but that this man too is a son of Abraham. Now that may not mean much to us, but think for a moment of what that means. Abraham and Sarah were called by God, blessed to be a blessing through you and your children. All of the families of the earth will be blessed. But more than that, how did Abraham's story with God begin? It began with an invitation to go on the road. Abraham, leave your home your birthplace, and go to the place that I will show you. And Abraham spent the rest of his life on the road with God. And now thousands of years later, here is Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, on the road again, because he met Jesus. Because the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost, people like Zacchaeus, people like you, and people like me. When did you first get lost? Do you feel lost this morning? Are you seeking Jesus? Not just curious about him, but seeking Jesus. Are you up in a tree? Are you wondering if Jesus will see you this morning? Can you hear his promise? The Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost and to put us all back on the road again. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. We hope that this message will help you have a great week by helping you walk in faith, hope, and love. Looking for more information about Canon? Check us out on the web at canonchurch.org or follow us on Facebook at Canon UMC and Instagram at Canon Church 2424.